This is the Roaring Elephant podcast for the 17th of March. And as usually, I'm not alone here. I'm here with my eventually consistent, ready co-host, Dave. Pretty much. Percentages are still... And my legal (laughs) eagle co-host has all the eagles this week. And we're doing it all in the... Uh, it's a news episode, right? So we're uh, court reporters or something like that. Oh, no, court reporters. I, re- <laughs> I learned in all of these articles is something completely different. It's nothing to do with press at all. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's it's very it's very legal, this uh, this particular episode. All of the, uh, all of the court decisions and <laughs> exciting things like that to talk about. Who would have thought there was actually something interesting in all of this? Yes, it's all about legalities and uh, artificial intelligence and how how those things do or don't go well together, I guess. Yep. Anyway, uh, I don't think we have anything else to talk about before we dive into the articles. Don't think so. Nothing much going on. KubeCon's still coming on soonish. More happening on that front soon as well of the Roaring Elephant podcast. But uh, no, apart from that, let's go to article number one. And where did I put it? AI in the courts. The jury is out. It's an article, uh, I think that's one I found on Tech News World, a new tech site I've also discovered recently. And it's by Peter Surcio. Surcio, sorry, probably butchered that. And it's uh, it's an interesting article. It's about how AI and machine learning in general, I guess, is being added into the legal systems and how it's both good and bad. Um, on, the, on the good part, there's the whole thing about taking away, I'd say, the, the boring stuff of recording notes using things like uh, voice-to-text to have mm-hmm. the court reporters, which apparently are the people that are typing everything that's being said there, to automate that, because apparently this is a US-centric article, but I'm pretty sure it's valid for the rest of the world as well. But apparently all of these uh, more clerky activities, there's a big backlog going on, and it actually is causing some uh, law cases to uh, to get dismissed because it's taking too much time to work. So I'm guessing that's one of the good ways of using it, doing things like language detection and stuff like that. But there's also the little thing about uh, the whole deep fakes thing that's been going on for a while now. I'm not sure if it's still a big issue, but it's still, well, apparently, according to this article, something that is also causing issues because a lot of that evidence can also be faked. I mean, I find I find it a little bit a little bit disturbing because while I know that um, speech to text has improved considerably over the years, it's still pretty far from perfect. And I do, I mean, the, yeah, these are effectively the court records. You know the the things that uh, people will be relying on for, you know, decades to come. And I do wonder, you know, okay, great to have the uh, um, the ability to, you know, do some basic conversion, but how much additional, you know, then then time needs to go into verifying that actually it is it is what was expected? And, and this article doesn't go into that at all. Doesn't cover the, you know, that side of things. But I do, I do worry slightly that, uh, you know, even if you just get a tiny nuance wrong here and there, that could have a dramatic impact 
further on down the line. I don't know how that sort of uh, you're really not factored into things. That simple, small technicalities like inflections on a word could set a big drug lord free, right? Exactly that. <laughs> or, you know, anything. I mean, it, I, I just, yeah, having, uh, using sort of a variety of services that do speech to text every mm -hmm. single day, I know how <laughs> poor, um, you know, those things can be, even for, you know, current paid services. So yeah. I... I worry about that quite a bit in this particular context. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at the, the technology because some of other podcasts out there, they kind of put a transcript of the whole podcast uh, using uh, speech-to-text on their on their blog posts. And I've evaluated a couple of things, seeing if something usable was in there, and nope, <laughs> not even <Yeah>. close. <laughs> yeah. But if you think that's bad, the article continues with the next step. And they call it here one step closer to pre-crime, and that's from the Minority Report uh, book or movie, mm -hmm. if you're that way inclined, where they're actually using AI models, uh, think of recommendation engines, I guess, to look at how uh, suspects answered questions during interrogation to do a classification on how likely it is he will be a uh, recidivist, I guess the word is. He's going to do it again. And uh, mm. apparently there's an example here of a bad person who got a more heavy, a more heavy, <laughs> a heavier uh, punishment because the AI indicated he would be a higher risk. Now, we've talked about AI and how that has a lot of bias in, almost always yeah. has a lot of bias in it itself. And we've talked about this when we talked about things like uh, mortgage uh, re um, uh, uh, requests and things like that. When you're putting it into the courts and actually having it, letting it have an effect on the measure of punishment, oh, that gets real scared. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, I don't yeah. think we're there yet at all. Well, um, apparently in some areas we clearly are there. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it, it is quite disturbing and I, I don't know that there's a great deal that we as individuals can do about it, apart from just, you know, making people aware that this is, you know, this is going on or has started to go on and that uh, I think it's something that people need to be aware of. Hey, individuals elect the official, elected officials, so uh, you can't wash their hands. If, you, if, nobody, if everybody says that, nothing's going to happen. So let's do some activism here. Yeah. Make uh, whatever. I'm too lazy for that myself. Uh, <laughs> And but the thing is, I don't think you can hold it back because it's going to happen. It's already happening, apparently, without us even noticing it. Um, I don't see any way of holding it back. It's just going to get more and more entrenched. Because basically, yeah. at the one hand, you want the, the whole court system to work faster. It doesn't work fast enough because there's a lack of people wanting to work uh, all the, uh, yeah, that's like, I guess, underpaid jobs there or, or not uh, interesting jobs there. And I guess it's also not then... Yeah, a fun activity to be in a court uh, environment. So yeah, going to machines, to, to robots to do that stuff for us, it's the way of the future. And uh, yeah, again, I mean, remember a couple of years ago, I, was, I said that chatbots were going to be everywhere? Well, they're here too, because somewhere, I'm not going to tell you where, you can look it up yourself, but there is a chatbot that helps you pay your parking tickets and your speed speeding fines. <laughs> Yeah. That yeah. must be progress. Come on. 
it's oh dear yeah it's a particularly disturbing uh trend but it's also one as you say i i don't think we will be holding back i think all we can do is be aware of it and you know well on the other hand you can also say that okay ai has bias or let's say differently a badly built ai can have bias on the other hand i'm pretty sure every human has bias yeah sure so I mean, maybe the, it's a good thing. Mm, I think part of it is the fact that when when we have um, when we have things like this going on, typically people are trying to um, at least be aware of their own biases and and you know should be trying to fight against them. Whereas you know an AI is not aware of its own biases it just operates based on the parameters it has set yeah but by fighting your bias you induce another bias that's the whole is it called positive discrimination or something like that where you overreact in the other way so people are notoriously unreliable so maybe a somewhat bad AI is still better than the uh, you can hate me here always bad people (laughs) yeah I don't know I I, I really don't know I mean, this is one of those occasions where the whole explainability of AI models becomes really important. I mean, we've talked about this in the past, where if your your mortgage gets rejected, you need to be explained by the bank why. I think this would be very important in these kind of things. If AIs are indeed being used for this kind of decision-making, there should definitely be a very well-laid, permanently maintained track record of auditability of the AI's decision-making process. I think I had all the buzzwords in there. Because um, that's where it really becomes important. Again, as we started already with the technicalities, being able to throw in this AI had a bias, so all of the uh, people were convicted based on that technology must now be set free uh, problem. That's a huge issue. So I'm actually kind of wondering or surprised that the whole uh, governance uh, justice institution is willing to risk this, actually, because it's not like AI models have been pristine in the past. No, very true. Anyway, enough said about that, I guess. If you go into court, be ready to fight our uh, uh, AI overlords, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least speak very, very clearly to make sure the (laughs) AI transcription bot gets what you're saying. Or make sure you speak clearly so it all gets badly transcribed. (laughs) Oh, God, can you imagine? Anyway, um, moving on then. So more, more legal discussions... Uh, of which we are definitely definitely not lawyers so please for the love of god uh, take everything we say with a giant bucket of salt um but in this this is a, an it pro article it's been something that's uh, been in my uh, to talk about list for a little while here this is back from uh november last year but this is you know, this just seemed to slot in really nicely with the the theme of many of our uh, conversations this particular episode and it's an IT Pro article entitled a German Double Murderer Wins Right to be Forgotten Case. Um, and this is, uh, you know, a someone um, previously convicted in 1982 for two murders uh, has won his right to be forgotten case in Germany's highest court. Um, he, you know, wanted to essentially see his family name taken out of publications uh, that were online and available for everybody to see. Um, you know, he is now 
released from jail in 2002 and is sort of obviously you know, rebuilding his life and you know this this was the I think this is probably one of the most um, high profile right to be forgotten cases that I've certainly seen so far yeah, in the article they mentioned a couple of other ones, which they mentioned with uh, the full name of the defendants, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but but okay. My question to you is: um, Is this a problem? Um, I don't think it's a problem. I mean, these rules exist for these for this reason. Um, you know, we we very briefly chatted before we started recording about this and the sort of you know, civil liberties, um, you know, laws like this exist for these exact reasons. Um, so the fact that this is, you know, happening is really, it just means that the, the system is working. Mm-hmm. Um, I can... I mean, I can definitely see the the argument, the other side of this, you know, the families of people that were murdered, um, I'm sure may well be feeling as if their sort of, you know, their, their loved one's deaths are just being sort of swept under the carpet or, you know, that, that sort of side of things. <sighs> But we we have to believe, I think, you know, the the way that our prison systems and all those kind of things are, we have to believe that that rehabilitation is possible. Yep. And I think this is something that actually you said that when we were talking earlier. And you know, this this is part of that yep. that cycle. Um, so you know, on the one hand, i i don't I don't believe it's a problem, but it is. It's a pretty significant, um, you know, altering of, I mean, altering of history. Is that quite the right, right way to put it? I don't know, but it, it's a pretty significant change um, that is sort of requested. This kind of right to be forgotten uh, request. Yeah, but you say this kind of right to be forgotten, there is only one kind and everybody has that right. And as long as we don't decide to take away people's uh, civil uh, freedom or civil rights, that's what I was looking for, then everybody has that right. And this is one of the the, the civil rights that we all have. And about the uh, rehabilitation function of our legal system, our prison system, if you take that away, if if you accept the fact that if somebody who did something bad once will never be good again, then uh, I'm totally against this, by the way, but bring back the death penalty. Because mm. why let yeah. those people suffer in jail for eternity if you already decided they will never become good again? Give them a break, I'd say. Again, I'm not for, not, I'm not suggesting that to do this at all, but that's how our prison system works. It's the idea that people, if it's working or not, that's another uh, big question. Uh, if it's the right way to do it to achieve this, I mean, uh, but it's built yeah. on the premise that people come out of prison better than they went in, or at least having learned their lesson, and they should be given the the chance at least to uh, to yeah to to build up a new life and do it correctly. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a nice uh, side effect, uh, maybe you say, of the uh, GDPR regulations, <laughs> something maybe so nobody thought about when they voted for this, but. Yeah, it's it's a normal, it's it's an acceptable result of it. Now the yeah, art- I mean the uh, go ahead. 
I was just going to say that the, you know, so I, when I say this type, I mean the uh, another example that that is given here is um, that it can help victims as well. Um, so victims of crimes such as revenge porn and things like that. Now, that's what I mean by this type. So on the one hand, we've, you know, who was convicted of a crime um, seeking a, or gaining a uh, right to be forgotten. And the other example is victims also being able to do similarly. So that that's kind of me, what I mean by this this kind of request. I completely agree that, yes, there is only one, yep. cool. you know, there is only one right to be forgotten you know, set of legislation, but I think that you can you can view this from opposite ends of the spectrum, depending on you know what happened to you to want to request such a um, such a right to be forgotten. Yeah, and also I, I kind of have the question: Does it actually work? Because the whole right to be forgotten thing is that you can go to a private entity, in this case Google, and ask them to scratch your details from their registries, whatever. But for this one person to be completely forgotten across the whole ecosystem is going to be one, I think, impossible. Once it's on the internet, it's there to stay. But even if he tries, he's going to have to do cases against a gazillion different uh, entities out there. Each specific one needs to be petitioned to have that right to be forgotten, implemented, blah, 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 blah. So it's not like yep. it's a, a switch on off switch that now it's suddenly gone. This is going to, if, he's, if no. he wants to go through this, it's going to be a life battle. So yep. I think through the fact that he's trying to do this, he or she, I have no idea, there's, there's no uh, <laughs> identity, of course, in the article. Uh, he's gonna be, he or she is going to be continuously reminded of what, what this is all about. So it might even have a good effect. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a, I mean, it, it's a particularly complex area mm. of, of the legal system with a lot of nuance in it. Yeah, that's why actually I hate this article, because they try to spin it a different way. I'm going to read one little paragraph here. Critics have complained about the right to be forgotten, as it essentially means a private company, Google, which is responsible for not roughly 90% of web searches, is now responsible for deciding what information is at public interest. Uh, that's not at all what this is about. It's not Google who decides who can do or can't do a right to be forgotten thing. It's us, the individuals, yeah. who have the right to be forgotten. So I'm not entirely sure who this article was written by. I'm not going to name the name because hey, everybody make up their own mind. But this article or, or this subject matter has nothing to do with the fact that Google has too much power or something like that. That's a totally different, <laughs> different discussion. But the right to be forgotten is something that we as individuals have. And it's not that we are giving that power to Google. Google is being forced to uh, obey when we, the individual, tell us, tell him to uh, forget us. That's the one thing I don't like about the article. Well, one thing. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, moving on then. Moving on to the final thing, and we're still in the legal space, I guess, uh, but going a little bit further away now. And it's uh, another article I found on Tech News World again. Uh, new, uh, new website I found. This one's from Richard Adikari. Again, butchered that. About ACLU blasts Clearview's facial recognition accuracy claims. Oof. Now, Clearview's been, Clearview has been in the news a little bit the uh, last couple of weeks mm -hmm. um, because of their kind of outrageous claims of uh, success on their, uh, how do you call that, image recognition, facial recognition algorithms. Apparently, they've been... Uh, yeah, misrepresenting the accurateness of their models, let's call it that. And that's been come to the forefront now. And the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, 
now has a uh, court case out to make them remove stuff. And there's a couple of things wrong about this whole thing. The first one, just quickly mention, which isn't about in the article at all, but the fact that Clearview's database was actually illegally acquired by scraping a lot of social media databases. I mean, that's already going from a good start. (laughs) 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 And that's actually the ACLU's court court case at the moment that they are trying to force Mm. Clearview to dump that database because, well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's it's not one GDPR uh, violation there. I think it's all of them. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, yeah, the whole uh, the, the real thing I want to talk about with this article is more that uh, it's again an, an example that demonstrates that uh, this uh, algorithm had a clear bias against uh, people of color. I think is the correct way to say it these days. Sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so again, uh, algorithm had a bias. Uh, it wasn't a good R- uh, algorithm. They tried to fuddle the results, make it appear better than it was. So basically, long story short, it's still not working reliably. And the whole article is about that and how bad it is and why it doesn't work and why it doesn't work. And then in the last couple of paragraphs, it gives us examples. Well, well before before yeah. go before you go into that, like let's just let's just be let's. Let's focus on just a few little highlights in here. <laughs> so you've got you've got three. Um, there's an accuracy report um, from October 2019 signed by three people, three very senior people. Um, you know, one from uh, an urban policy anal- analyst, one from uh, a chief judge of the New York Court of Appeals, and someone else from a you know research lab. Uh, at Samsung, like all three rated Clearview as 100% accurate (laughs) and none of them have any expertise. Again, according to this article, Uh in facial recognition. I mean, that's just... I mean, first of all, for something to be 100% accurate, I mean... That's kind of... That's just... uh, That's just insane. It's just ridiculous. Like... Anyway, so then then you've got, and I'm not even gonna gonna get into this this list. But then there's just a list of things that Clearview has claimed in its ad campaigns that just are you know appear to be again at least totally unsubstantiated, completely denied by those people involved. Um, I mean, we talk about lies, damn lies, and statistics, but this this seems to be a clear case of lies, damn lies, and marketing. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of money going out because Clearview was actually being used by uh, government and law enforcement. Oh yeah, things. So yeah. they they got a lot of money for this stuff. So I'm not sure. And, yeah. and the fact that there's some politicians that have signed off as being 100% accurate. I, let me say Clearview. Uh, Clearview it is right. Or I blame yeah. anybody else. Yeah, Clearview, they've got some good lobbyists going on. Let's call it that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, for your your particular point was despite all of this and all of this, um, you know, fairly strong um, suggestion that perhaps all is not right in the world of Clearview, the article then does rec- finish. facial recognition in general. Yeah, yeah. Um that it does end up with the fact that you know the EU, which was going to previously, um, you know, look at a five-year ban on facial recognition in public places, has decided to essentially delegate it to member states, and you know it talks about the fact that French and, and Swedish um, uh, 
the data protection authorities have ruled out using it in in schools, um, but in the UK, the police do have it deployed in London, in China, um, and India. It is it is used, and in the US, there's a number of of, of states where it's used, um, but only in police body cams. Other US states have it banned altogether. Um, it just seems to be. I mean, it just seems to be just from that very, very small sample set. It seems to be a complete free for all as to whether people like embrace it, don't embrace it. You know how much they 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 use it, how much it's regulated, how much access to that information is regulated, how much it is actually relied on. Mm. Uh, it just yeah. Yeah, I mean, as the end quote says, facial recognition is coming whether you like it or not. And uh, having worked in the business for a while now, I can tell you it doesn't work. I mean, simple things like face makeup can totally throw it off. Wear sunglasses and you're unrecognizable. I mean, there's laws going on about people not being able to wear full face covering, uh, whatever, helmets, masks, key masks, whatever. That's what you need to fool humans to fuel facial recognition. Just wear sunglasses. Hmm. But so. you didn't hear that from us, and we are not lawyers, nor are we advocating <laughs> that people dodge facial Civil recognition by walking around in, in, in balaclavas. No, oh, dear. Again, we're not saying that people should do bad things. People should be recognized if they do something wrong, go to court, get punished for it, rehabilitate themselves, and be productive citizens again. It's just how far do you go in the dependence, and I'm using the word intentionally dependence on things like machine learning artificial intelligence when it is can i say abundantly clear that that technology isn't ready for that kind of stuff sure use it for things like recommendation engines if you should wear a yellow trimmed glasses or red trimmed glasses or things like that (laughs) nobody's life depends on that nobody's getting seriously harmed with it but the moment you start affecting lives at a very basic level freedom (laughs) sorry we're not there yet period yeah but that's my opinion and everybody should have his opinion if you disagree with my opinion please send your emails (laughs) indeed indeed well i think that's all the legal eagling we have time for today anything else from you nope i'm totally legalized out so let's do something more upbeat and friendly next time (laughs) yeah i think that's a good idea all right well then that is all the time we have for today. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Every contribution helps and is reviewed by a human, not an AI. <laughs> we are on YouTube. You can like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all the YouTube stuff. Again, videos produced by humans with a bit of automation. Please go to www.royalelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page. And for more information about this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter, specifically follow Jon on Twitter. Uh, he is also a human, mostly. Um, and you can use the at Roaring Elephant tag. Uh, send your feedback to podcast at RoaringElephant.org. Until then, my name is definitely not an automaton, Dave. And you don't mind name because I'm wearing sunglasses. Jon. <laughs> <laughs> and we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then.